Another new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and this week I'm joined just by one, and that one is Phil. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hopefully everyone's doing really good. I'm doing pretty good. I hope so. How are you doing, good. Phil? Uh, I, I lost a little bit of sleep yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That you did. That you did. <laughs> All right, so this week is going to be hopefully not too long of an episode because we do have some stuff to talk about, but overall it was a pretty light week, which isn't a bad thing. Sometimes a light week is a good thing. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're going to be talking about Nintendo Direct, Blizzard, Con, Online. We're also going to be giving some follow-up information on the CD Projekt Red League. Um, and, yeah, outside of that, I think it was, uh, like I said, a pretty easy-going week. It wasn't insane. It wasn't crazy. But, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah, well, I, the, the poor people in Texas probably had a pretty bad week from the sounds of the weather down there. That was probably the most uh, news catching piece of information crossing most of my stuff this week but yeah, yeah it was pretty quiet yep you know but that's okay you know what i'm a lucky guy because as you know thanks to boris i have now joined the playstation 5 club so that's where i lost a little bit of sleep yesterday it was a long setup process and i explored all the different avenues the land exchange hard drive exchange, all kinds of different formats of getting data over onto that thing. And I kind of, it's interesting parallel to Stadia. That's, just, that's yeah. you know, it's, the convenience aspect of Stadia is the biggest selling point for me. Yeah. Um, because of no patches, because of no downloads and instant access. Yesterday was like a two by four across my head. Yeah. In the sense that anything I wanted to do took 70 minutes. Like know, once right? it's done, okay, you're 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 off and running, and it's great, and it's buttery, and it's quiet, and it does all this fantastic stuff. So that was one thing that I was like, oh man, this yeah. is painful. Yeah. And then the other thing, the other big takeaway I have about the system is holy shit, that controller. Like, wow. Right, the, uh, like the developers are already embracing it, and it's hitting games that I'd never thought it would hit 
in the sense that I'm playing like Borderlands 3 last night at like midnight. And I happen to notice that they put a notch in the right trigger to make it feel like you're actually pulling the trigger when you yeah. fire your gun. Yeah. That blows me away. Yeah. Like the little playroom game overdoes everything. It exaggerates yeah. it all just so you can get an idea of what it can do. But then to actually see it implemented into gaming is amazing to me. I'm really thankful. And I know everybody talked about it when it launched in November, but you really do have to experience it to understand how much of a, it's not a game changer, but how much it enhances the experience. It's a game changer in its own way, right? Like it's, yeah, it's literally a game changer in the sense that the games feel better. It feels more natural. Um, you know, especially, in certain games where like you just said it adds like that resistance to the trigger you know when we're driving a car for example in some games it just it just feels different it just feels good um but yeah it was just it's just the control right like it just blows my mind away it's crazy there was there was a point yesterday which i'm playing the little playroom game with the little cute robot things and i think it was the water level or something and you have to zip up into a suit and you have to bounce and move the controller in a certain direction in order to bounce in that direction. And I seriously thought the controller was broken because it got so cranky feeling when I'm in the suit. And then I realized it's doing that on purpose. It's only when I'm in that suit that it completely changes the tactile responses. Exactly. And that to me is just like, holy shit. Like, I just didn't think it would be that intense. That's that was the big takeaway. Was just like holy cow, this is a it, it, and you don't see it coming, yeah. Right? Like obviously Microsoft didn't see this being something that that could be done because the Xbox X is backwards compatible with the other controllers, which is a great angle to take. I'm not mm-hmm. slamming on them or anything, but this really is like I don't know it it. It adds to the immersion. It's like the first time I played Metal Gear Solid and the helicopter landed. Yeah. And I felt the controller, the rumble controller yep. kick in when they just came out. And I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That, I, I need that. And this, I'm, I'm, it, I felt like, you know, 20 some odd years ago when I'm just like, oh, wow, this is, this really is new. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm yeah. happy that you got your hands on the system. I told you. It would happen. I'm happy it did happen. Um, it's a big it was, boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but no matter how many videos or how many people tell me, until you crack open that box and you go, oh, crap. <laughs> like, where am I going to put this? Yep. Exactly. There's no measuring tape. There's nothing. It, it's not that heavy. It is heavy for what it is. But I, I will give credit to Sony. It's very quiet. When I listen to my PS4 Pro start up or get into a game it's like a jet plane launching with this it is so quiet i am blown away by the silence of this machine and the the heat dissipation too because it's not blowing heat like melting a wall behind it or anything it's it's a refreshing change and i guess seven years of development means you're gonna really get it down pat so yeah kudos to them but I'm still blown away by the sheer size of the actual system. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. 
is. It's it's my my father came up and looked at it because he knows that I've just been moving mountains and doing a lot of stuff for this thing, and uh, he's just like, oh, I want to see it. I want to see it because last night I guess he was watching the hockey game and there's a whole bunch of PS5 ads on. Yeah. So he comes up and he looks at it and he goes. Well, that looks really good. <laughs> He's just like, it's futuristic looking. And I'm yeah. just like, I, in a retro way? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. It's it's funny how that how that actual physical system looks. But but yeah. yeah. Um what else did you play on it? Um I I I downloaded that new version of control that's for the PS5, because Tyler advised that I try that one out. So I, yes. I did that. I I up to well, I I moved over some PS4 games like uh, God of War and a Jedi Fallen Order just so I could do some visual comparisons and and get the frame rate locked in. Yeah. Um. Uh, Godfall was the game that I bought with it, which surprises me. I haven't really played it too much, but I loaded it in just to see that process, and I started it up and was pleased to see that it was Gearbox. Borderlands Three. I got a free upgrade to the PS5 edition. So I had to download that tubby bugger and um and all the expansion for season two with another sixty gigs and I filled the hard drive. The hard drive is completely like Yeah, it's and crazy. I, how fast I took the go. Yeah, it it's deceptive. And then I unplugged the hard drive from the PS4 and plugged it straight in to the PS5. And what what a different experience that is too, because it certainly is laggy. But I, I threw a lot at it yesterday because of the setup. So yeah, it's um yeah I I played a little bit of everything that I can get my hands on really, and I really like the new and something that we don't talk about that much. But the new uh, PlayStation Now service that's included with the PS Five, you get access to the whole back catalog of the greatest hits and whatnot for yep. free. Yeah, uh, bravo, bravo. Sony, it's too bad that that doesn't go across to other players on on your older platforms. Yeah, but it's interesting to see them compete in that Game Pass kind of way. It's what I've been so, saying. You know, I've been praising that service for a really long time. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the streaming service, but this one is the the you have a membership and you get access to these games if you're on a five. Yeah, because yeah. I know that a lot of a lot of people that I know are getting excited about the five, but they haven't had a console prior. And this gives them full access to a lot of titles. Yeah, yeah. That is PS Now. PS Now great. is their streaming service slash their back catalog now. That's kind of how they're yeah. using it. So, Well, including it is great. Yes. I like it. Yep. I loved it. <laughs> great it move. gives you access to some really good games also if you didn't play too much on PlayStation 4. Like, it's a good variety. You know, you have Batman, Arkham Asylum. You have uh, one of the Call of Duties. You have a bunch of God of War um mm-hmm. last of us one you know like it's it's a pretty yeah. good collection of games it is it's it's impressive like like i say they're all games that i play or i own for the previous generation in most cases there's a couple that are on the fringe but i mean for anybody going new to the platform or uh like you say hasn't indulged in a lot of the back catalog yeah it's, it's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant because there are some real gems in there it's not just trash that they're throwing at you there are really good games in there so and you know it's only gonna get better you know that they're gonna keep on innovating and improving so overall i'm 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 impressed i'm very impressed um 
I did find myself, I can't lie, I did find myself missing Stadia a little bit in terms of that speed of convenience. That was the only thing. But once I calibrated my expectations and once I started being able to play the games, then I saw the difference that it makes because Stadia, like even this week, there's people kicking up a lot of fuss about a, a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit being brought against Google for Stadia uh, about the 4K resolution. And I'll be honest, it's something that I kind of wrestle with as well. I understand it's an asterisk thing where they say maybe in 4K. Well, that's what pushes me towards a PS5 now because I can guarantee that I'm in 4K. That's, that's I can one of the things, guarantee the right? quality. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and when you think about it, like from a technology point of view, there's no reason why these games on Stadia aren't all 4K, right? There's no reason why. In fact, yeah. it should... That should be the the standard. You shouldn't like. Well, I pay money. Exactly. I pay money for that feature, and it drives me nuts that I can't get uh, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven to consistently stream in four K. And sure, it might be my internet connection, but I meet or exceed all minimum internet connections for four K. So I don't know where this issue comes in. And Ubisoft games always say network unsupported. Right. So I don't know if there's a condition on top of their agreement to meet a different threshold for 4k so it's frustrating as a user though because it's advertised to us as everything's 4k everything's great yeah i'm not saying that it warrants a lawsuit i do get that you know <laughs> things can happen it is a, a service that's streaming and not guaranteeing so it's just frustrating when you throw good money and and you see not the best service all the time yeah but you know you can get over it it's on the ps5 i noticed the graphics like even for jedi fallen order which i believe i finished in stadia at 4k but you never really know because it can switch back and forth um and it's only if your monitor alerts you or it looks a little bit soft sometimes whereas when i was playing jedi fallen order this morning it was sharp as heck yeah so again another upgrade that was supposed to be on par with Stadia, I think I'd tip my hat towards the PS5 version for its um, HDR handling and uh, graphical sharpness. Yeah. And what do you think of like the load speeds and lack thereof, I should say, with PS5? Well, it's interesting because if you play a PS4 game, it seems to be a little bit quicker, but there are long waits that I think are programmed in the game for loads. Whereas if you get a native PS5 game, it's fast. It's yeah. very fast. And I, I, I think probably the best example I have of that is on my PS4 Pro, I used to play with a crew of guys that would be playing on base PS4s. And the, my PS4 Pro would load 20 seconds ahead of theirs on anything that we were doing online. So like we could all start our systems at the same time, and the claptrap would go across my bottom bar two and a half to three times. Wow. Yeah. Last night, I started up on PS5, and he does one run. And he barely finishes it before I'm in the game. So that's a speed difference. So it's an impressive one on an older game that just poured yeah. it over. When you actually play games that were fully designed with the idea, like Godfall and whatnot, and and I, I played Miles Morales too. Um, yeah, it's jaw dropping. <laughs> it's it's just fast. It's good. It's pacey. It there's no loads. It's it's great. Yeah. It's crazy. And even, like, it's just crazy the fact that like we like 
you think back to when PlayStation originally came out, and some of the load times were just ridiculous. Some of the load times on yeah. PlayStation 3 and 4 were ridiculous. Last of Us 2 comes to yeah. mind. Um, yeah. Uh, GTA 3 comes to or GTA 5 comes to mind. You know, th- move, games like that. Yep. Just, you know, you can go and do something as what you're doing is yeah. loading. It's crazy. Um, even Jedi Fallen well, Order one of the, that issue. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, you get taken out of the game because of that. Um, one of the things that I will complain about a lot is uh, I play Forza 5, Horizon 5 or whatever, with a, with a buddy online. And the load times are absolutely, because I, I am spoiled by Stadia and now the PS5, um, the load times on Forza Horizon 5 are absolutely terrible. Like, it quite literally is for me to start up the game, I may as well go have a coffee. I get back, I get into my house, and then I access a menu, I may as well go get another coffee. It, it's, it's really bad, and you can actually see the graphics draw in and pop on the screen. And it's just like, holy crap, like, come on, the churn that must be going on on the poor hard drive inside. Yeah. <laughs> just must be insane. Like, it's going to cook. It's yeah. going to cook. Yep. So I feel a lot better about it with the PS5, that's for sure, because that's part of it, too. You don't hear the... <laughs> I know. <laughs> the hard drive just chugs and the fans start kicking in, right? Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the SSD drives get bigger and uh, drop in price so I can expand it already. <laughs> I know, right? Like, that's the first thing I'm going to do as soon as we can because, yeah, I'm so used to having hundreds. Well, what is it? Of, One terabyte in there and, like, really you're getting, like, 700? Oh, 850. Wow, bastards! They should have gotten the one. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much stuff. You know what? In, in researching this thing too, I realized that there's no, um, there's no uh, Dolby Digital out. There's no optical out. Yeah. On this, and that's something that I miss so much because I separately route a whole bunch of stuff to an optical amp that I have. So now I'm having to do a HDMI break out from my monitor right. to analog audio and then simulating the stuff. So it's pretty much, but now to Sony's credit before anybody complains, if they don't know this, Sony include the 3d audio with basically any analog headsets that you can put on. So you're not tied to a special brand of headset by Sony or its partners. You can just take any pair of headphones plug them in you're gonna get that 3d sound yeah. so that, that that is super cool super convenient right like it's yeah i almost only play video games with a headset now it's kind of just it's going to change the way i do things yeah, yeah. you know i i do like my natural speakers in the nice low end and all these things that you can get out of a speaker and an amplifier yeah but i'm not crying over plugging a a, a audio file set of headphones in and getting amazing sound in that. So yeah, it, it's just been a journey figuring out what actually is delivered after seeing all the hype train and trying to talk myself down out of it for so long. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even believe I was going to be getting the system until I picked it up yesterday. Dude, so. trust me, same here. <laughs> Like, there's going to be something go wrong. Like, the car's going to explode. I don't know what. <laughs> it's so it, true. It's like, 
you've had quite the adventure with it. It's like this is we had what one three t- three attempts. Third time was a charm. Yeah, it was three attempts. Holy crap, that's insane. Three attempts on this show. Yep. <laughs> Tyler tried, you tried, and then you came through on yeah. this one. And that's not to say I'm disappointed with Tyler or anything. I don't want it to sound like that because I know everybody tried their hardest, and it's just the market. And I'm glad and fortunate to get my hands on it. So thank you, Boris. And thank you, Andrew. Um, and I didn't have to pay any markups or anything like that. We just did a straight up purchase. And it's just nice to know I got my hands on it because all this semiconductor shortage and all this stuff that's going on. And just it's frightening when you're looking at the news and you don't have one of these things and you start wondering, will I ever get it? But I know people are getting them. I see the little icon on my friends list. It keeps on proliferating. Uh, everybody getting a five. So I'm like, they are getting out there and they are going down in price on that first market, but just stick with it folks and get your copy from a store just like I did and legitimately and without this scalper bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to defeat scalpers, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, the only way that scalpers are going to go is if we don't give into that market. Yeah. Like Christmas creates that rush, right? The holiday season creates that pressure that parents and and people think I need to do this because I need to make Christmas or the holidays better for my kids or better for me or whatever. And, and those guys feed off of it. And I, I'm not a big fan of scalpers in anything, sports, concerts, or video games or shoes. So, do you know, uh, no no, offense intended. Fuck off, scalpers. <laughs> yeah. Offense intended. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, before we move on, I do want to say that I upgraded my setup. Something is wrong. Something is amiss. I don't know exactly what it is. So if the show doesn't sound as good as you're used to, as good as it usually does, we will get this sorted. Um, I just literally did it last night. Uh, well, afternoon and then at night I was doing my own thing, didn't want to go look at a computer, go near a computer, Um, but uh, yeah, if I sound different, if Phil sounds different, we'll sort it out. Yeah, but it looks good, Boris, it looks good, you sent me a picture of it, I liked it. Yeah. uh, You definitely hid the cables, I'm I'm a cable out kind of guy, (laughs) because I'm a technician by trade, so I'm like, I hate when... People bind all the cables together so tight and everything. I go, well, how am I going to get do that, that. I just, without making a mess? <laughs> I just hide, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I try to just hide them enough, put stuff behind, and um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it just it, it worked out, um, and I like it. I like my setup, but uh, yeah, I didn't test everything because clearly I didn't test this mic. And I think because this mic is an XLR2, um, not even USB, it's an XLR mic that then goes through a uh, phantom power yeah uh, thing and then you're gonna have to boost that thing and then you gotta break that boost out to, to usb yeah so yeah anyways i think it sounds good i think it's the headset that i'm using i'm using a different pair of headsets and this pair of headset mm-hmm. doesn't isn't as loud as my other ones and i can't make things louder yeah so that's why I, depending on what headset I'm using when we're recording, I sometimes have to use a uh, amplifier, a headset amplifier, yeah. and I rely. It depending on, and the, I know that it's recording 
yeah and i know that it's recording proper levels at the very least because i'm staring at our levels as we record which is a lot easier now for me to do yeah it's kind of it's it's it monitors help (laughs) oh yeah like i never ever (laughs) intended doing this show without more than one monitor or less than with less than two um yeah but you know we had to do what we had to do for a little while and here we are yeah but but yeah um i don't know we'll we'll figure it out so again i'm sorry if it doesn't sound up to par up to what you're used to but uh but we'll 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 get it back um what else is going on phil what else is going on in the life of phil outside of playstation Uh 5 we've barely spoke this week again the hell's going yeah, on? this week was quiet, but that that's a good thing though because we didn't have anything blowing up, right? Uh, it, it it really was. Um, I did a lot of TV watching again. I'm I'm in a phase right now. I'm I'm not as hard on the reading stuff. Uh, getting to that, but uh, you know, I've been watching Resident Alien. I've been watching Snowpiercer, like we talk about. I've been watching WandaVision, and something that I revisited this week that really hits me in um. A geek personal way as i mentioned i used to be a field technician um boris uh, on last week's episode had, had gone on i believe about halt and catch fire or maybe it was off air and um i started watching that again i gave up after season one and i had a tough time getting into season two and then this week i watched all of season two and season three and last night I started season four and then I stopped because <laughs> I was like, Boris has warned me about season four. So I'm not going to go there emotionally yet, but <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's such a good show. It's, like uh, if you're into tech at all, um, if you're in the tech industry, I think the show will for sure resonate with you. Um, but yeah. it's such a good show. Uh, the time jumps are great. The acting is great. The story is fun. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen, period. Yeah, honestly, I, when you told me that, I started thinking about it, and you're right. It's it's not... It, it's a drama. It's old tech. It covers into, like, the internet. It, it, it goes all kinds of places, but if you had any participation or if you have any curiosity about the chaos that was that time frame yeah this show delivers on it like it it really i used to work for like a interconnect company yeah isp exactly and we had a wall of modems and there are certain scenes in that show that just absolutely make me laugh and i've been in so many it rooms in my life and I've seen all of this equipment and I've worked with it and, you know, even in the older stuff and wow, that's, that's the nostalgia kick that I get out of it. So I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but there's a really good story in there. Just like if, if I can go watch the Queen's Gambit and realize that chess isn't the story of the Queen's Gambit, it's story of the girl and the story is the most important thing. Same thing with Halt and Catch Fire. There may be elements that appeal, but the story's good. So, yeah, just yeah. keep that in mind if you if it, and it's on Netflix. Hey, it's, it's like right there. So, AMC did a good job with that one. I gotta say, they they they, they deserve more credit for some of these ventures. Another show that I really liked was Borderlands. 
on AMC or yeah. into the Borderlands. It was a, yeah, that was a lot of fun for a few seasons. I think the last season kind of dumped out, but yeah, it was a good show. It was lots of samurai fighting and revisionist yeah. history. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's a show that I want to watch. I'll get to it. Um, what else? What else have you watched? What else is going on? Other than us, not a lot, man. <laughs> it was a quiet week. Like you know, looking at the new stuff, the weird stuff with Gina Carano and whatnot that we talked about last week, and she's come out recently and started saying Disney bullied her and all this kind of stuff. She's got her side of the story. She's more than entitled to do it, but it it looks a little weird. I, I guess I guess it's all, you know. It depends on what your leanings are as a person. It will be your takeaway. Yeah. It does look weird that a big company did, like, it shouldn't matter what her politics are. Ideally, there could be a whole bunch of downright deadbeat assholes acting on screen, but I'm there to watch their performance or watch their characters that they're portraying, and their politics shouldn't be there. Yep. And she, you know, it's too bad. If she would have just kept her mouth shut on social media and being a little more aware about that she'd still have a job yeah like, you know and i know that weird seeing them one of the major questions now and and there's so many reactive things happening by disney yeah to make this go away yeah and it's heating up the market on her toys so it's weird yeah it's a weird you thing know, to watch I know one of the major takeaways from all of this is you know should a company should your employer be able to um, you know, part ways with you depending on what you post on social media. You know, it it's it's opened up other questions. I think it's a, for sure a conversation conversation that we should have. But at the end of the day, you know, if there was a morality clause on her contract and she was warned, you know, at what point do you have to take responsibility and just do what your employer wants? Or that's when you question your employer and say, hey, maybe this isn't a relationship that we should have. You know, it goes both ways, mm -hmm. right? So there's just yeah. so much more. It's different, too, than like we said, like we identified last week, regular employees versus these movie stars, right? Like, like there's conditions and expectations that the studios place on these front and center personalities. Yep. And they live in a world where that's normal. And I feel that it's a bit deceptive when they, the actors or actresses come back and try to say, hey, I'm just like you. Yeah. I'm just a regular Joe doing a job. I don't think so. I think you're in a whole different stratosphere. You know, you're an MMA fighter, ex-MMA fighter. You're an actress who starred in some big stuff. You know, and you're featuring in one of the biggest shows uh, on uh, one of the crown jewels on a already infamous empire at Lucasfilm. So I believe that you should be a little bit aware <laughs> that yep. you're supposed to have a code of conduct that doesn't embarrass the employer. Yeah. Right. You can hold whatever views you want. Just don't bring them out. Don't yep. air them out on the internet. But, but that's the issue, right? <laughs> it's like the don't bring it out. Should anyone have that power over anyone, anybody else? Right. But that's a conversation. Have another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, overall this week has been super quiet, like, I've just been swamped with work again, fantastic thing, I mm -hmm. love it, 
but on the geek front, um, just, you know, watching my shows, I have Resident Alien queued up, I just need to sit down and actually watch it, um, you know, Snowpiercer is a must, um, I'm caught yeah. up on Shameless, so that, uh, that's a show that's also been, been getting some of my attention on Sundays, uh, what else is, uh, going on, my Below Deck season just ended, so, I know. Just got the reunions to watch, and then <laughs> the next iteration of Billow Deck starts, which is, I guess, sailing boat or sailing yacht or whatever it's called, the sailing one. But uh, that's that. Oh my um, gosh! It's it's a thing. I got to say, Resident Alien, you're gonna enjoy it, but it is really dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Alan Tudyk is absolutely fantastic for that role. Yeah, because he plays awkward so well yes and it's almost like um it's almost like you know like he's got some kind of social issue type thing and he takes everything very literally very very literally as you would not having a lot of context for knowing the the species or the culture right yeah so he plays it well he plays it well there's been a couple laugh out loud moments in each episode so i'm looking forward to you experiencing that cool <laughs> I'll try to get that done by next week so we can chat about that next week. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing heavy that goes on in it. It's a comedy, right? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like The Mandalorian where we're going episode by episode breakdown. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I would love to in do a breakdown week, of Snow- This week's episode. Yeah, I would love to do he a breakdown of uh, Snowpiercer. But, yeah, that, that show is a little different. Just, it's, you know, I love it. And uh, there's a lot it. of there's a lot of emotion in it, there especially is. this season. This this season they're really hitting on arteries. <laughs> they're just tugging <laughs> on those strings. Yeah, it, it it's you know the first season is very actiony, yeah, in your face political commentary in there like everything, and they're just slamming at at the tens on every single front and trying to shock the audience and trying to shock the characters and trying to shock their world constantly. It reminds me a little bit of Battlestar Galactica in that sense that they're just trying to go for a wow moment every episode. Whereas this season, it's like everybody collectively said, hold on, let's play the long game. Like let's, let's go for building versus shock. And it's paying off for me. I assume it's paying off for most people because it seems yeah. to be very popular. Yeah. It's getting a lot more attention this season, which is great. You know, it's a show that I want to keep going. And I think it's already been re- renewed for a third season. So hopefully that's the case. Oh, that'd be um, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, got my new monitor, set everything up. Like I mentioned earlier, I still have to fix a few things, set up my switch to the monitor. Because I will eventually be setting up my PS5 here in Geek Corner. Man, oh man. I'm uh, closing in on that year of Animal Crossing, dude. Oh, God. About to cross over into March. March the 20th. Is that when it came out? I gotta say. Yeah, March 20th, uh, 2020. So, I gotta say. It's a bit of a struggle logging in every day. Mm -hmm. Right now. And doing my daily grind. Uh, I'm looking forward to not playing the game. I just want to finish the the year-long commitment that I made as a joke. 
get that done and get back to my PS5. Yeah. <laughs> or exactly. Stadia. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a good game. It's a great system. But I'm tired of it now. It's, of the game specifically, right? Of that game. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm really it's wearing on me. I'm I'm starting to do chaotic things in the world. I'm starting to chop down trees and clear cut forests. I feel like I'm like some evil corporation now. And because uh, it's hard to find firewood because I have so many trees around, and I firmly don't believe in organizing my island. <laughs> That's it. That's a choice. I see some people's islands and they're building roads and sidewalks and all this. I'm like, screw that. I just clear cut a forest, put down a couple booze, and start dancing. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's it's a video game. It's supposed to be a little bit chaotic. It can be whatever you want it to reflect, right? So, yep. It, That's exactly um, it. Yeah, and I enjoy that bohemian aspect to my island. <laughs> Fucking love. So everybody's walking around and saying stinky tips and sticky spaz, jizzy jazz. <laughs> Jesus. So I just keep on pushing the Nintendo filter to find out what words it can't take. But apparently, butt plug is okay. Yeah. Or bum plug. Bum, bum plug. Bum, bum plug. plug's good. That that's bum my plug. favorite one so far that you've uh, that you've sent me screenshot of. Yeah, there's there's just sometimes I forget what I tell people and like what they can use as words and um and yeah, just the other day I was talking to this little wolf crossdresser dude that's on my island, which is all cool. It's uh that's what he likes. So he <laughs> likes to wear the women's clothing. I I think it's because it the game doesn't discriminate. The game is just wide open if and if you tell a character that you like what they're wearing, if they ask you, then they wear it more frequently. So apparently a pink trench coat and a purse was what I told this heavy metal wolf guy, Italian wolf, to wear. So he sports that quite a bit when he's out walking around. And he walked up to me the other yesterday and he goes, stinky tips. And I'm like, I kind of laughed out loud because I forgot I told him that word or that congregation of words. So I get, I get kicks out of that. <laughs> And yes, I don't take pictures and send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's so genuine guffaw. Yeah, so uh, I think it's time to move on. And I've been trying to. Uh, I don't want to say not move and not talk about what we're going to talk about, but it's something that I'm still very skeptical on overall, and that is Zack Snyder's. Justice League, the Snyder Cut, the infamous, famous, infamous, whatever you want to say. It is what it is. You know, we have some thoughts on it. I have thoughts on it from a the precedence that it is setting for movies and mm -hmm. and cinema moving forward, especially in this comic book world. Um, you know, and and we'll, we'll 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 dive into it a little bit more, but. Last week, we've got the first trailer of Zack Snyder's cut. Yeah, the, f the first um, real trailer. The first real trailer. So In a world. Some of the things that... Defined by superheroes. Yeah. So some of the things <laughs> that kind of shocked everybody. And if you haven't seen this, and if you don't want to know, I would, you know, fast forward a little bit. Spoilers. Because um, there are some spoilers. And it's funny that the trailer itself kind of spoiled some of these major things. You know, for example, 
Jared Leto's Joker making an appearance. He was mm-hmm. seen in the trailer during the nightmare scene, it looked like. Um, you know, so that's that. And he looks nothing like what he did in Suicide Squad. So on top of it all, top yeah. of all of the is this canon, is this not canon canon, they're just changing things up here for 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 the sake of it. it but it could be part of the story. You know, it is the nightmare scene. It is his nightmare dream. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I, apparent- Go ahead. I'm really salty saying Nicole on this, as you know. Yep. And to me, this is all about grabbing eyeballs and getting subscriptions for HBO Max. There's nothing wrong with this that. This is two hours. No, and that's that's what companies need to do. But unfortunately, I don't know what, what sacrifice. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's going to be great. Uh, but cynical me is a little bit annoyed with it because it seems like they're just making controversial changes and, you know, like you pointed out, spoiling stuff in a trailer and just for the sake of cash. I don't know that it's going to make the property any better, but I guess the final product is ultimately what determines it. So the narrative is is set. If it's trash, it's, it's going to get trashed even more. And you're right, because... If it isn't trash, then it sets this huge. It already sets a hugely dangerous precedence. But it, if it's a success, then it really starts to affect other um, movies and uh, projects, right? Yep. Because we could start getting alternate cuts of a lot of stuff. Yep. Basically, if something if something isn't successful, if something isn't taken well by the public, we can just you know, recut it, call it the director's cut, and make it new canon. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your your second shot now, which is a byproduct of streaming services, right? You said it off the top. This is to sell HBO Max subscriptions. This is what's going to happen. Um, another thing that was uh, talked about was that on March 18th, the release date on HBO Max... They've signed deals with the international distribution for the international distribution of this movie. So the entire world is going to be getting this movie in some shape or form on some streaming service somewhere. So I would assume that here in Canada it'd be Crave, um, but uh, because they have that uh, that contract with them. But we'll see more news there. Uh, the, the funny Cut- thing is, yep, about the Crave thing. I'll let you know if you have the Crave app. You don't get access to all the HBO stuff. Nope. You have to have a separate $20 subscription to HBO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of exclusive money going towards a lot of eyeballs yep. in a lot of different markets. Yeah. So, apparently, the Snyder oh, Cynical Phil. The Snyder Cut's going to be telling more of Cyborg and Flash's story. It's going to also focus more on the mega villain dark side. Uh, so we have that. Um, yeah. It's, uh, Superman in the black suit, the way that Snyder always wanted. Um, you know, initially, Justice League, we learned this week that it was supposed to be two movies rather than just one short two-hour movie. Uh, this cut is kind of more representative of what Zack Snyder mm. wanted at the end of the day, hence its four-hour um, run length. Uh, and yeah, and the director's cut name. Yep. So yep, yeah, fair. exactly. If that, if all that stuff is true, I applaud it quietly. 
I'll say, hey, look, at least it got the light of day. At least the fans who wanted to see it get to see it. And it, it stayed true to the vision that maybe Snyder had. Like him or hate him, I don't care either way. Like, all that is good. But if it's all just, like, notes for the the, the liners and whatnot, like the, the showrunners and stuff like that, like, just manufactured stuff to justify the exploitative nature of this, then I'm going to be a little more disappointed. But it wouldn't shock me. Yep. I'm glad if it's true. Exactly. Like, even though, like we pointed out, it sets that dangerous precedent, but... You know, I want Solo, the original cut, the Lord and Miller. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, per, me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of this. I'm going to watch it for sure. I'm a DC fanboy. I'll admit to that. Yeah. But, you know, yep. I'm not too thrilled about what this means in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I'll accept it. I'm not going to shit on it. I'll watch it. We'll talk about it. And I think that's that. It might be good. It might be good. I just don't see how don't changing a few things is going to turn that movie into something good. Like, I know that it's possible, but I just have so... Like, I just don't... I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I think I've been burned by DCEU so much that I just don't yeah. trust what they throw at us anymore. Yeah, and that's fair. But as a casual DC fan, because I know... When you read a Batman comic or when you read a series, all right, you, Boris, as a fan, it hits a lot harder for you than it does for idiot me, right? Like, I pick up the same book and I don't get all the references to all the other stuff in the universe or even how it links to maybe other titles in the DC universe and things like that. So when I watch a Justice League movie, who I think a lot of that is aimed towards, uh, just a casual fan... It wasn't a terrible movie. Is it my no. favorite? No. Do I think most things by Marvel absolutely trounce it on that same front, by that same criteria, right? Like, a guy who's not reading the comic books, per se, who's just enjoying the story arcs that they're presenting in the shows and seeing the light tie-ins that go between X episodes. That's great, because I remember I watched Justice League and thought, I could really get into this. Yeah, it's got me. It, it it really did have me for about a week. I was really like down for it, and then something released by Marvel the next week. I don't know what it was, but it was something I didn't get to see in the theaters, and it came out on DVD. Maybe it was I forget what it was. Maybe Infinity War or something like that. But it came out. And I just went. Well, there goes DC. Like for me, like I'm just like all the hope that I had for DC evaporated because the Marvel movie was so over the top good. And made me feel like I was part of that universe. So maybe this is a Snyder thing does that. Maybe it, it gets captures people's excitement for DC. I don't know. But it, it is tough though when you put it in that sense, Boris, that how can you take that two hour movie, make it four, and make it so much better? That is a tough ask. Yep. <laughs> Recutting that thing. Ugh, could be ugly. Yeah. But we'll see. And um, isn't the cyborg situation like they're getting rid of him or something? The knows? actor? Apparently. Quit? Uh, yeah, apparently Ray Fisher essentially quit the DCEU. There's ongoing he said, she said. Um, I don't want to get into it, but no, yeah. No. Tons of stuff going on there, but we'll see what happens. But apparently cyborg is out of the Flash movie. They did cast Supergirl 
this week. Um, so Supergirl is supposed to be in the Flash movie. Um, who else is supposed? To, Michael Keaton's Batman. Ben Affleck's Batman. There's a lot of uh, yeah. We'll see the the um, the Flash movie is for sure a movie to watch for because I suspect because it being the Flashpoint, it can fix and right the ship of the DCEU. It has the ability to. It could. We'll see what happens. Um, but you know, because of the multiverse and because of you know the various Earths and things like that, you know, there is that door open for DC to fix things and make things right, make things stuff from the Snyder Cut into canon. But we'll see what they decide to do. Yeah, I hope they do it. I hope they do it. Yep. It would be so, nice for... Uh, I don't want to see DC suffer. That's all. Yeah. So... I think it's a good brand. A conversation that we love to have on this show is about nostalgia. Remakes, redos, reboots. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Everything is about nostalgia nowadays. Um, and I think that was very apparent this week during Nintendo Direct and Blizzard Con, um, their online convention <laughs> and announcement platform. It seems like everyone and their mother is getting a remake. So I think the biggest news out of Nintendo's Direct um, is the fact that they are remaking Skyward Sword um, from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's it's being priced at a AAA price. This is getting some casuals <laughs> a little bit angry uh, because, you know, at the very least, Link's Awakening had the dungeon creator, had additional stuff, but with Skyward Sword, you're literally just getting the HD remake reboot version at the AAA price of $79.99 here in Canada, $69.99 in the States. So, what do you think, Phil? It's um, it's it's definitely been an interesting week watching everything old become new again. Now I get it with Nintendo a little bit, um, because those those titles were only released on handhelds previously, and at least some of them, and some of those handhelds just never made it into the hands of the mass market. Yeah, per se, and even with some of the Wii U titles, the Wii U just didn't really do well sales wise. So yeah. There are some good games that get re-released, and they, they, for all intents and purposes, as long as the length holds up of the games, because I don't have first-hand knowledge of that, as long as the length is good, I could see the justification of charging a AAA price just because it calibrates, you know, it, it is the first time a lot of fans are going to see it. But a lot of the diehards, man, I'd be a little bit PO'd because a friend of mine bought a PlayStation 5 a couple weeks ago, and he's a big Nintendo guy. And he was asking me questions, and he says, well, how often does Sony have a sale? And I'm like, I won't buy anything unless it's on sale. Like, unless it's launch week, where I just need to have the game um, that the day one. Yep. Then I wait until the mega Sony sale. Like, I wait three months and then watch it drop. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, that isn't like a Nintendo. Nintendo never have sales. It's like very rare. It, it's just so infrequent. Yeah, very, very rare. So and, it creates a market where when they do put it on sale, everybody buys it, right? But see, you know what I mean? It goes both ways. So yeah. I'm, t- I'm telling them, just wait for Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the sale. Exactly. So it, it's interesting how Nintendo, and they've always been this way, how they um, 
handle their own product yep. and do these remakes and um, price them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's definitely aggressive. Yeah, it's it's something like, to see for sure. Them. Um, you know, we'll get to Blizzard, but staying on the Nintendo front, so some of the things that they announced, uh, Smash Brothers 2 Ultimate, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 DLC, so there seems to be a lot of, uh, Ultimate's gonna have all the characters, um, all the, uh, the fighter DLCs in one bundle, um, Xenoblade Chronicle 2, the, you'll be ping, playing as the character of Pyra, um, so this is a new DLC there. Um, you've got, uh, Project Triangle Strategy, so that's just a working title, um, that's supposed to come out 2022 from Square Enix, uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout was, um, announced for Nintendo Switch, previously it was just out on PS4 for consoles, um, and the only way that you were able to get it actually was, uh, being a, uh, PlayStation Plus member, but, uh, Devolver Digital has announced that in summer 2021, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is going to be coming out on the Switch. Uh, Hi- Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity will get an expansion pack. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons and Super Mario Brothers 35th <laughs> Anniversary is going to have a collaboration. Not much else is known outside of that. Um, me to me too. Pia, oh, we Nintendo know a few S- things. Yeah. Nintendo Switch Remaster is going to be out there. Uh, Outer Wilds uh, Summer 2021 release. Famicom Detective Club games are getting Nintendo Switch remakes. Uh, Samurai Warriors 5 was announced. Uh, Legend of Mana will have a Nintendo Switch HD Master. That is a hell of a game. Tons of fun. One of the longest games humanly possible. Monster Hunter Rise... Um, from Capcom will be it will be coming out. Uh, Tales from the Borderlands is coming to Nintendo Switch March 24th. Uh, so that is something else to watch out for. Um, Capcom Arcade Stadium, uh, Stubbs the Zombie and Rebel without a Pulse, Neon White, uh, DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. Uh, so this is based on the hit Cartoon Network show. Uh, you're going to be playing as one of many classic DC super 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 heroines like Batgirl, Supergirl, Wonder Woman as teenagers who must overcome high school all while saving the city. Um, so that's a thing. Plants wow. vs. Zombies on Switch. Knockout City on Switch. World's Ender on Switch. Uh, Bravely Default 2. Uh, Saga Frontier uh, Remastered. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. So this seems to be yeah. a a, uh, a a remake, redo type of thing. Uh, so you'll yeah, be playing. Yeah, it looks as... like the graphics are like really high fidelity. Yep. Yep. Curious to see that because that was a game that I played back in the day. It's yeah. super hard. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Really like that game. Um, Apex Legends on Switch was announced, uh, so this is coming in March 9th, uh, Hades will get a physical edition on Switch, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection will be coming out on Switch, so tons of things coming out on Switch, anything catch your eye? Hey, Hades is coming out on Switch or uh, a physical edition? Physical, physical copy. Is this a game that you love? This is the game you love, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I gotta pick that up on my Switch. 
I didn't realize it was on Switch. I thought it was a computer game, like yeah. a PC game. So that's cool. Yeah. I know that with the Animal Crossing thing, there's a little bit of stuff. There's going to be two pipes in each Animal Crossing world that bring you to places for loot and stuff. It looks cute, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm done Animal Crossing by that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, it's, of it's a lot. Redos. It's a lot. Like Nintendo always do a good job of getting the games to run well on their hardware. Good for them. It's a great piece of hardware. I love it. But a lot of this stuff goes way over my head. It's a culture. It's a cultural phenomenon. If you're a Nintendo fan, as you know, I know people who are diehards who love it and live and breathe it and good for them. Like yeah. I'm excited. Anytime Nintendo does it, whenever I dip my toe into it, I enjoy what I find. And you know, it, it just seemed like it was a lot of over. Uh, it was a lot of lesser projects flooding the market on this yeah. announcement day. Like yep. it just seemed like they were all like number twos. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like there's a next Zelda title, like big title or anything yeah. like that. They did mention that so, there's going to be more I know later that, this year with Breath of the Wild too. Um, but yeah, yeah there was it wasn't anything earth shattering. Right. Yeah, it just felt like a big, you know, big lot of we're redoing a bunch of stuff or yep. re-releasing. All right, but so that's on them, you know. That's Nintendo Direct. We're gonna switch things up because Friday afternoon, which is a very weird time to have a uh, announcement blitz. So during BlizzCon lines opening ceremony, Blizzard announced a bunch of things. Uh, so Blizzard is remaking Diablo 2, um, Rogue Class is coming to Diablo 4, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands first major update is called Change of Domination, um, Burning Crusade expansion is coming to WoW Classic, so this is WoW's first expansion coming to Blizzard's revival of the old school experience, players will be able to choose... <laughs> Um, if individual characters move on to the expansion or stay in the Plain Hills of Vanilla forever. Uh, Heartstone's new expansion is called Forge and the Barrens. Um, Blizzard Arcade Collection is now is out now on PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, so this is, you know, will have enhanced versions of Blizzard's early games like The Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, Blackthorn, you can play each game in its original form or an upgraded definitive mode, which adds cutting-edge modern features like the ability to save. There's also a digital museum, uh, which seems cool. It'll run you 20 bucks unless you buy Blizzard's 30th anniversary celebration collection, in which case it will cost more, um, but we'll see. So, those are the major things coming from, from <laughs> Blizzard. Anything catch your eye? Well, the Diablo 2 stuff is, it's funny to see it coming back. Like, I, I Deckard Kane. <laughs> it's just, um, that, that, that flooded my feed. I, I did audibly chuckle at the WoW classic release of the new expansion. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it's just, I, being a WoW player went at that time, like I played World of Warcraft for, I don't know, I guess about 10 or 15 years. It wasn't a light dip for me. I paid my monthly dues. 
for a long time and I have all the expansions. I have the deluxe expansion packs with the books and the mouse pads and the the specialized pets that were in game and all that stuff. It is comical to me because I saw that, you know, when they did the re-release of WoW, I thought that was really cool. And it looks like people really got behind it and good for them. It was an amazing time. It was an amazing phenomenon, that game. And it really changed the way that I gamed, especially in those days. And now to see it continue on the evolution of bringing the expansions to the retro is is just funny because it's just heading off that cliff again now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's so weird. Because so those expansions like messed with the world. They weren't. They 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 changed the game. Like in that first expansion was 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 crazy bonkers. It was. Oh my goodness! The gate, the portal into the other worlds, the different feelings, the different music, the different uh, the cap level rise, the everything. Oh my goodness! And yeah, to see them continuing to march, I don't know how true they'll stick to that expansion, but wow, wow, wow. indeed. <laughs> yep. All right. So last week we were talking about the infiltration of CD Projekt Red's networks. Um, Ransomware was installed. They made off of source codes for its games, uh, threatened to release to the public. Uh, studio made a hefty payment to get it back. Uh, CD Projekt Red respectfully declined the offer and instead went public about the breach. Um, and then right now it's been recorded that overall the past week or over the past week, uh, CD Projekt Red has reportedly been issuing DMCA takedowns in order to keep the source code from spreading a vice report says the studio notified at least two twitter users last week of the takedown request by way of copyright monitoring firm app global limited uh, warning that the gwent source they were linking to was illegally obtained and posted without author authorization so at least CD Projekt Red is doing something in the grand scheme of things. There's only so much that they can do because if, you know, a lot of this these transactions are going to be taking place on the dark web. So even on the gray web, you know, you're not going to see too much action in terms of, hey, find a source code here. Here's the URL. But, you know, some idiots have tried to do that. And CD Projekt Red is, uh, is taking it down via DMCA claims. So... Yeah, well, they got to protect their stuff, right? Yeah, it's um, it's important <clears throat> that they protect that source code, especially for their livelihoods. And I don't blame them for for taking this route. It's interesting. It's an interesting take, but yeah, it just shows the desperation that they have to go to. Unfortunately, like you mentioned, there's the dark web and its dealings, and yeah, I, I feel bad for the company. I just feel like like we pointed out it just keeps on getting shit on it's it's almost like google stadia i just log in every week to twitter and see who's shitting on what like yeah. who's getting the crap kicked out of them this week like you just can't win sometimes and i i just feel like cd project red has had an awful lot of that in their life and they're just making video games yeah you know they're not even that prolific of a game maker they they just what they do they try to do well they got things a little bit wrong with, with Cyberpunk, but they're trying to fix it. And, yeah, 
I just keep on coming back to that point. Like it, it just, the company's trying to redeem itself. Yep. And it just seems like a lot of people have justified it in their lives that they can be troublemakers for them just because of their experience with the product. That's a video game. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. To me, it's just weird. Like it just poor form on, on a lot of people. And, you know, seeing the comments just piss me off because it's like, Oh, this company deserved. It's like, not really. They didn't really deserve any of this happening to them, you know? So, just a piss no it, it's it's really difficult when you hear comments like that because nobody deserves that to happen i don't care what they've done exactly they're making video games yep like honestly you're gonna get mad at somebody i would say get mad at sony and microsoft for not previewing the product before releasing them in a broken state there should be quality control throughout the process and there has to be accountability for everyone including cd project red yeah and they're going to make changes for the better. Like yep. they're they're going to, like I say, and Sony and, and Microsoft pulling it off their store shows that they're trying to make things better too. They're trying yeah. to take some responsibility here. And maybe things going forward, we don't get certain releases of games because they just don't meet the code requirement or the performance requirement that those distribution platforms need to do. So, Yeah. That happens. I, I think there's going to be just major lessons learned from Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot on the table, a lot to discuss, a lot to kind of evaluate and see how we're going to do this in the future. How are we going to improve? What can we change in order to make it a better seamless release for our consumers? Right. At the end of the day, it's the yeah. players that you have to think about. Who gives a shit about Sony? Who gives a shit about Xbox? You know, at the end of the day, it's it's you know we're the cons we're we're the consumers we're their customers, so yeah. you know it's it just hopefully the conversations are going to be had, and hopefully we see some major takeaways, some changes moving forward with releases. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a video game developer. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's an important aspect of my life, but I have so much other things to do in my life a lot of more important things and I'm not going to cry in a corner because the game I want to play is broken. It'll get fixed. Well, you know? look at it this way though. CD Projekt Red in particular, I'll choose them because their their game selection is is on the lower side so it's easier to pick at. They released a great game in The Witcher 3. All right, which probably really got them a lot of attention. Or the Cyberpunk. Now, Let's say they come out and they say we're releasing Witcher 4. Immediately, you know, they could say that it's going to be out in two or three years or whatever the situation is. I can say most definitely I'm not going to be excited about that game because yep. I'm not really into the Witcher universe. Yep. Same that's here. on me. Yep. But that's, you know, and people have got to realize that not everything that comes out is aimed at their perfect experience either, right? Like, that's... That's that's what makes me laugh. I'm like, sure, you get amped for cyberpunk because you like sci-fi. Or maybe you get amped for Witcher 3. Or maybe you get amped for some other title. But there's no guarantees that it's going to be the game that you think is perfect at any point in time. This is like watching a movie. And sometimes they just freaking stink. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the acting's games bad. Are just sometimes the directing's good. bad. Yeah. It's, it's an art form. And maybe 
it's bad for you, but some other dude loves it. I don't know. Like, I know this was really a performance and a bug issue. They're big deals in the video game industry, and we got to work past them, and they learned a lesson. And I hope all the other big houses, just like you say, learn a lesson as well about what you can and can't do to a consumer in a, with your product. Yeah. You know, about the bugs and all that. But there's still no guarantee on the content or the quality of the title being anything worth celebrating or not. Like Exactly. <laughs> It's a subjective industry. It's art form. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, that's probably the best way you can put it. But it is what it is. It keeps us talking about it. We'll be talking about it eventually again. Um, But, uh, you know, hopefully they can sort that out. And hopefully not too much, you know, important information was stolen. I know source code is worth, you know, it's line numbers in gold, but... You know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. there's a lot more important information that could have been taken. Yeah, for sure. All right, Phil. Hey. So that's that. I think that's that's the weekend news. The geek. Hey, I'm the I'm gonna bring something news. up. I forgot. What's up? I'm gonna bring something up, and it relates to our nostalgia bit, and it relates to what went on this week. And I know that people are gonna call me up for not saying it, but I haven't watched as much as the Muppet Show as I wanted to yet. <laughs> Because that released this week, and I wanted to give that one a shout-out, because I know you were fishing me for it, and I only got to watch one episode because I got swept away with everything else going on with PS5. Yeah. So, The Muppet Show exists. I know there's three episodes missing. It's all due to um, music issues. And um, the same thing, that's why that one that we reviewed at Christmas that I gave you guys that we had to watch on YouTube isn't out because of Christmas because of music violations, because of music... Um, Right. So, uh, the Muppets, um, there's one episode with a guy in it that's a pedophile. So the Muppet, the Disney decided not to do that episode because the guest uh, has a criminal history. So they decided to axe that episode out of season five. There's another two that have issues with the, um, with the music licensing. So don't worry, people, they're on their way. They just got to go talk to people and get stuff done. But it's great to see. I'm enjoying the fact that the Muppet Show is back on and my Twitter feed is alive and well in the Muppetverse. Love it. It's great to see. Great to see such, you know, again, an an important pop culture phenomenon like the Muppets kind of being revived in this sense. Um, Yeah, and like people are talking about Jim Henson again. It's great. Yep. Let's not forget about Jim Henson, right? If it wasn't for Jim Henson, whew. So much of our childhood would, would be missing. I wouldn't want to live in a world that didn't get Jim Henson's uh, products in it, like like his vision, his his creativity. Yep. And I, I, I we lost him too soon, but holy cow, a lot of what he has done has influenced a lot of the stuff. And that's, you know, Star Wars, everything. He's touched on so many things. And yep. to be able to get to see some of the stuff that he was probably most fond of in the Muppet show and to hear some of the people talking about it now and to, to get uh, people's interactions with them back out in the Twitter sphere and everywhere else that we can all celebrate and enjoy. Uh, it's great. It's been, it's been a great week for that. It's been a great few days. No, that's awesome. That's really freaking cool. And it's, it, it's, it's just fun to see kids watch these shows you know, for the first times, um, there's something yeah. about that as well, and and 
you know, a new generation enjoying this, a new generation hopefully becoming lifetime fans, and hopefully this leads to more and more series. Hopefully this leads to better incarnations of the Muppets. Uh, just because, you know, I think both you and I are a little sour on Muppets now, but hopefully, you know, they will be able to get a proper release, proper movies, proper series, whatever it is they plan to do. And, uh, yeah. Like, I enjoyed the first Muppet movie, the Jason Seagal one. Yeah, same here. I thought that that was really good. And then it fell off for me after that. It just didn't feel like it was just decisions that they made. Yeah. Either in, in the production or the story. It's, it's not like I hated them. I still supported them. I still watched them and whatnot. Muppets now missed, and I know that we documented that very, very much on the show. I thought the Muppets ABC television series, the one that was kind of like The Office and adulty, was a little more on point than I think we would have liked to give it credit for, because that's still, that's on Disney Plus and it's worth a watch. Yeah. But yeah, the Muppets evolved, you know, and Jim, you have to remember with the Muppet show, Jim Henson just decided we're done after five seasons. He's just yeah. like, no, I think we've, we've, we've done this. And four seasons of the Fraggles, and Jim just said, "No, we're going to end the show because <laughs> this is what we do. We have to yeah. go on to other projects. We just can't perpetuate this thing for the all time." And then there's Sesame Street. So what do I know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's I feel like that's a different thing, right? Like in within yeah, itself, it it's not. Yeah, it's not the same. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it, like that. That was that. That's something that needs to go on because it's constantly uh, helping kids. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's got a focus. It's different than entertainment. It, it's really about development and, and values and things like that. So good on them. I'm not complaining about it. It just makes me laugh that the that, that dichotomy exists. But um, I'm glad Jim decided to end things when he did, like, and, and not just keep on not challenging himself. Right. And that's such an important thing is, is challenging yourself and growing. And that's one of the lessons that we can learn from Jim. Yep. That that for sure is. All right, Phil. So I think it's that time of the week. If people like what they listen to, if they didn't like what they listen to, if they have anything to tell us, if they have any pop culture news, if they want us to watch anything, if they want to talk to us, there's so many different ways that they can do so. How about you let our awesome listeners know how they can get a hold of us, Phil? Oh, for sure. We have this thing called a website. And uh, you can type in into your web browser, www.itsgandompodcast.com, and you're going to find it there. And uh, you can also track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And just be sure that when you do find us that you click a subscribe button so then you can find out whenever we drop crazy episodes because sometimes we do more than one a week. And uh, just please give us a rate and review. We always appreciate the feedback and we look forward to talking to you guys after you hear us in your ears. Yep. Thanks for that, Phil. We are the It's Can't Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything, all things in the world of pop culture, things like comic books, movies, TV shows, Toys, video games, Lego, Muppets, anything in the world of pop culture, we will talk about it because the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>